Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. But Lord, we just thank you so much for an, another opportunity to be together. And Lord, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you that it it strengthens our faith to hear what you've said and what you've done. And tonight, Lord, I ask you for a spirit of encouragement to touch every heart here, those who are going to be on live stream or even on the recording. I'm asking for strength to be released, strength in the inner man of each one of us by the power of the Holy Spirit to continue to live for you in, in shifting times, even in stormy times, as we're going to look at tonight. Lord, I ask for strengthening of the heart, strengthening of the desire to follow you uh, in this, uh, among those gathered here and those who will hear this. Lord, we want to be devoted followers of Jesus Christ, and so we need the power of your Spirit and so, Lord, just anoint these words, Lord, as I share, help me and help us hear what you would say to us tonight. And I pray these things in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Okay, well, I apologize again, this is two weeks in a row, I don't have physical notes because my printer is down, but I'm going to have you flip over in your uh, Bible app or your Bible to Matthew fourteen twenty two. And even as Mandy said, the title tonight is Crossing Over the Storms of Life and the Heart of Christ. Um, just as a, as a reminder, so some of you, you were here last week, I talked about the, the first storm that the disciples went through, that Jesus led them through the storm, and he was on the boat, and he was sleeping. It's a, it's a well-known story. Uh, but there's another time they cross over the sea and Jesus does something else. And so we're going to look at, you know, we looked at that one last week and we're going to look at this different story this week. And we're going to stay on this theme of storms. It's just something the Holy Spirit's put on my heart um, as we were doing our, our theme of the book of Acts um, for many, many weeks, uh, the last sermon that we uh, that we talked about was Paul's journey, and when he went to Malta, he had a shipwreck. There was a storm at sea, so it seems like all of the disciples, including Paul, they all went through storms, and the things that came out of those storms were miraculous. And so the the storms happened to them, and the storms are going to happen to us. But we want to see the heart of Christ even during those storms. It's so important. And what I wrote here on the notes, and, and I apologize to those if you're, if you're with us on Facebook, I normally have these posted on the internet. I will do that uh, after the message. They'll be there. And so uh, just uh, bear with me on that. <clears throat> but just as a point of introduction, there are crossing over seasons in our life. 
where the Lord is taking us from one, one aspect of our walk with God to the next, and usually between them is a storm. And I, I wish it wasn't that way, but that just seems to be how it is. There was a number of times where Jesus, as he was leading his disciples for about three years, they, they'd come to a point in the ministry, and then they would journey over the sea. And each time they did that, they saw Christ in a profoundly new way. And the, and the new way they saw Christ was needed for the next phase of ministry. And so likewise in our life, there are things God takes us through and there's another side he's wanting us to get to. And to get to that next point in our life or in our walk with the Lord or in our uh, just in our journey of ministry, there's ways that we need to connect to him and, and ways we need to view him that will carry us in that next season. And so just notice as we go through these passages that, that it wasn't just they were going over the sea as just taking a trip. There was a true, in a, in a, in a sense, a crossing over from they're at one point in their life in ministry and they're going to another level. And, and again, in between there, it's a storm. But it's in the storm that we really see Christ in a new way. And this is important. We'll go through storms in our life. And if we're not oriented to what Scripture says about them, we'll think God's abandoned us. We'll pray what God, uh, the disciples said, Lord, don't you care that we're dying in this storm? That's what they said. And he's saying, no, I got to teach you. You're going to go through storms, but it's so that you see I do step in and I do help. And I want you to see me in new ways. And so it's so important Many people, when they go through storms, they have no, there's no way to calibrate what's happening because they don't know the, the narrative of what Jesus is wanting them to get. We as disciples, we want to be absolutely certain, okay, this is a storm, it's not fun, but he wants to see me, or he wants us to see him in a new way. So I, I put here in the notes, storms present a fork in the road. We're just going in our walk with the Lord. We're just doing what he told us to do. And a storm hits. It could be a health storm, family crisis. It could be money. It could be theological. Many people are having theological crisis right now. They're, what do I really believe? I, I used to believe this, and now they're saying this on the Internet. Ah, and so they're going. There's many storms we go to, go through, and there's this fork in the road. Are we going to allow that storm to take us away from our relationship with God? Or are we going to go, you know what? I bet he's on the boat and he probably wants me to talk to him. Or I bet he's coming to me walking on the water and he's wanting to show me I'm above this storm and I'm with you. And so there's, there's a number of things we're supposed to learn, but don't think... See, when, when, when preachers say today, well, you're a Christian now, it's going to be easy... We do a disservice when we say things like that. I, I assure you we're going to go through trials and tribulation. I mean, it's just, it's going to happen to everybody, whether we're a believer or not a believer. But even when you're a believer, some think, well, now I'm good. It's not going to be hard anymore. No, it's going to be hard. But in the hardship, in the difficulty, Jesus wants to reveal himself. And if we stick with him over the years and decades, 
we, we grow to love him more because we see he really was with me that whole time. Um, as a real quick review of last week, we looked at the story of when Jesus was on the boat. You remember that? That's when they did the first crossover. And he was sleeping during the storm. It shows you how worried God gets when there's a storm. He doesn't worry at all because as we looked at last week, he's the creator and creation obeys him. So if there's a hurricane, he doesn't care. He just says, hurricane, stop right now. And it listens because he's the creator. And, and, and so when he did that, wind, stop, see, settle down, when he did that, he was showing them, I'm not just another prophet. I am the creator God who told those waves and told that wind to exist. And there's only one voice they know and will obey, and that's me. And so he was revealing himself, guys, you've come with me this far. But I want you to know, I'm not just another, I'm not just interested in a revolution to overthrow Rome. I am the living God in the flesh. That's who you're following. He wanted them to connect to that. And we know that throughout his ministry, Jesus progressively revealed himself and he dropped hint after hint and they didn't get it. They were just like, I think you're special and we think you're the Messiah, but ah, and they struggled. And here's the thing, we struggle too. In the one sense, we believe Jesus is the one true God but then we so easily forget. We're in a storm. Ah, where are you? I give up. Quit. I quit. And he, he just wants to go, no, when I, when I lead you through storms, call to me. I will show up. So that was, that was last week. Jesus was physically with them on the boat. But here's the difference. This week, he's not going to be with them. So it's kind of like test level two. Level one is I'm going to send you across the sea and it's going to get hurricane-like conditions. What will you do? Will you totally panic and freak out? What, what will you do? So that was kind of test number one. They sort of got it. Test number two, I'm going to send you across the water again. I won't be there physically. What do you do? Now, here's the thing. In these two stories... There are a number of very important pictures he's painting. The first one is, there was a real time and place where followers of Jesus had Jesus physically there with them. And I think to myself, that would have been the time to be alive. You know, just if you want a really good relationship with Jesus, just physically follow Jesus around. You know, we think it would be a lot different or a lot easier but in the one sense, that's, he's saying to you, there is a time and a place where I'm going to be physically with my people, and he was in that first generation. But there's going to be many successive generations where the disciples on the earth won't have him there physically. And so he's, he's leading them in a direction, I was with you physically on the boat. Now I'm going to show you what it's going to be like when I'm not there physically, and I want you to relate to me still. And we know that Jesus eventually, after he died and rose again, he ascended to the Father, and church history from that point forward followed Christ by the Spirit he gave them, not physically. And so he was, in essence, kind of 
leading them in that direction. He's already foreshadowing, I'm going to be gone. You're going to go through storms, but I'm still with you. And we see how he's still with them as we read this passage. Let's, let's read this together. Matthew 14, 22. This story also appears in Mark 6 and in John, John 6 as well. We're not going to, the reason I like the Matthew passage is it includes the little Peter story when Peter walked on the water, which is hugely significant. But Mark wrote about it and John wrote about it and they all have different details. It's important to read all four gospels to get all the different details. It's like four journalists looking at the same story, each journalist has different glimpses and they use different words and we get a whole picture of a scenario when we read all of them so let's just read this it's a few verses and let's just kind of orient ourselves around the story and then i just want to share a few things here about this that will lord willing help us matthew 14 it says immediately jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side of, of the seas that's the idea while he sent the multitudes away. So huge crowd of ministry. He sends the people home. Okay, we're done for the night. You guys, disciples, get in the boat and go. And he says, I got to have a time of prayer. So verse 23, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. Man, I just love Jesus. He ministers all day and he doesn't think, man, I need to go to bed. He goes, I got to pray all night. Like, who are you? Who does that? Jesus is amazing. Verse 24, I'm going to get there. If Jesus needed to pray, how much more do we need to pray? If the Son of God needed a prayer life, we need a prayer life. If Jesus was dependent on the Father, how much more do we need to have a life of prayer? Verse 24, but when the boat was now in the middle of the sea, here comes the storm, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, that's between 3 and 6 a.m. That's the fourth watch. Between 3 and 6 a.m., it says Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Okay, I know this is a Bible story, and we've all heard that. But imagine if you were there, and you see a man walking on water. Unbelievable. In the first story, he commands the wind in the sea. Creation obeys the creator. In this story, he says, I'm going to blow your mind another way. I want you to know creation obeys me, but I also want you to know I am over all creation. I am God. Okay, if you weren't impressed when I told creation what to do, I'm going to walk on it because I really am the one creation submits to me. I am its creator. I'm God. So I showed you once, and I'm showing you twice, I'm not just a moral teacher. I am not just another prophet coming into town. I am the living God. I'm trying to convince you of this. And if I'm in that group, I'm, my mind is just going, what is happening? My mind's not computing this. Nobody can walk on water. It's impossible. This has to be a video trick. And he's like, this is not a trick. I'm trying to show you, you're not just following any other religion. This is the one. I'm God, I'm the real God. You look up in the sky and you see stars and planets and galaxies. I made that. I'm the one you really want to follow. There's all kinds of other religions and ideologies and systems of belief. None of them can walk on water. 
None of them can command the creation to do the things I'm saying. I want you to know, Peter, James, and John, and all of you guys, I am the one your heart longs for. And to this day, he wants us to know we're following that same Jesus. He is the one that walks on water. In other words, all of created order submits to him. We, we try to walk on water, and I know a lot of crazy believers out there, they're like, I, I have faith, I'm going to try to do it, Psh, splash. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, hey, do what you want, try to, try to make it work. Because as we'll see, Peter did too. But there's only one person, okay, there's only one man who not only does creation obey, but who creation submits to. Jesus is above all. If he wants planets to stop spinning, they listen to him. Okay? I can't say anything to the stars. I don't like you right now. You, you turn off, you star. I can't do that. You can't do that. Jesus can do that. It's a, it's a crazy thought to think that he has that kind of authority, but he's not doing it just to do magic tricks. He's doing it because he's trying to get the disciples to know, I am God. And he wants us to know as well. And so there he is. They see him walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were what? Excited? They were, what's the word? It doesn't say their mind was blown. It says they were troubled. They were terrified. Who does this? What? They said, it's a ghost. It says they cried out for fear. Here's the thing. They were so terrified. They, they thought, it's, it's, it's got to be a ghost. There's no explanation. How does this happen? So they're, they're, they're again, Jesus exposing their theology, exposing what, what's inside of them to get them to shift. He needs them to see who he really is. He needs them to, to see him in a new way. For the, for the next successive, um, you know, ministry that is, is yet ahead. He's showing them who he really is for their own benefit and for those that they will minister to. He, it's like Jesus doubled down and he's like, I am going to just prove to you. I'm going to show you. So there's no doubt. I mean, if, if, if raising from the, you know, the dead, you're going to really be impressed by that. But I just want you to know, as you think back, as you're doing ministry, all the things I did, I am God. It's very important that he made that point. He, uh, it says they, they, so they cry out for fear. Jesus says to them, I love what Jesus says. They're like trembling. They're afraid. He says, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. It's like, guys, settle down. It's me. And they're like, ah. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come out to you on the water. Jesus says, come, Peter. Come. Peter's the kind of guy, I want to know this is real. I don't, I don't, if this is some kind of trick. I, and, so, and so Jesus is like, let's do this. Okay, I want you to really know that you know that you know this is real. This is God. And I'm, so Peter, says, when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water. So Jesus is doing it, now Peter's doing it. Now before we rebuke Peter for not having faith, he's the only guy that got out of the boat, and the Bible says he walked on water. 
What Jesus says next is stunning. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. That's a great prayer, by the way, if you're ever drowning. Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith. So Peter thinks he's dying. And Jesus catches him and he teaches him a lesson right there. Jesus is not bothered one bit. He doesn't care what's going on. He is so at peace. He's God. Everything submits to him. It's just so, it's not fair almost. He's just, he's, and he teaches Peter this lesson. He says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, if little faith combined with doubt can get you walking on water, Nobody else was walking on water, but here's Peter walking on water, and Jesus corrects him and says, oh, I just, you have such little faith, Peter. Why are you doubting? And I'm thinking, if little faith can get you there, what does great faith, what does great faith without any doubt look like? If little faith and doubt get you walking on water toward Jesus. I mean, it's just, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about. But Jesus was walking on water. Peter's walking on water. And it says they go back to the boat. The wind ceased. What do they say? Those who were in the boat came and they worshipped. They worshipped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. Truly, you are the son of God. Now, let's think about this. I'm going to make a couple points. I'm not going to go too long tonight. Do you remember back in the Old Testament? Because again, he's wanting the disciples to see him in a new way. Remember back in the Old Testament, when Moses came into Pharaoh, you know, the famous, let my people go. Do you remember what he said, why he was leading them out of Egypt? What would he say time and again? Feel free to shout it. Time and again, Pharaoh let my people go so that they can come out to the wilderness and worship me. That was the whole point. God sent Moses to Pharaoh again and again. Let my people go, Pharaoh, or it's not going to be good. There's going to be all kinds of plagues. I'm calling them out of here. I'm calling them out of Egypt so that they, my people can worship me. Many scriptures about that. And the, the, this progression, when Moses led the people of Israel out of Egypt, there were many successive miracles that involved crossing over the sea so that they could worship. And so now we have in the New Testament a greater Moses named Jesus, who's leading his people miracle after miracle, over the sea, and now what are they doing? They're worshiping. They're brought to a place of worship. That's what, when we go on, on a journey with God and he brings us through miracle after miracle through the storms, we start to see him differently and truly we begin to marvel and our life begins to be more of a life of worship. We, we begin to be dedicated, not out of duty, but because we're marveling this man. He truly is God. I mean, I've come this far and I've seen some neat things, but the way he stepped into that situation, the way he just rebuked the winds and the waves, and the way he came to me, 
I am, I am shocked. He must be God. And that's the whole point. And so he is showing himself in one sense. He's doing what Moses did. Moses spoke of, if you remember, that there would be a prophet. Moses prophesied that there would one day be a prophet and to listen to that prophet. And Jesus is saying, guys, I'm doing what Moses did, and then some. And so I just think that is such an interesting picture. Something I want you to, uh, to, to grasp is in the, I believe it's the Mark passage. In the Mark 6 passage, verse 48, Jesus is up and on the mountain praying. It says he sees the disciples. I don't know how he saw them, if it was prophetically or if he just had really good eyesight. I mean, they're miles out there. So he sees them straining at rowing for the wind was against them. And he's praying for them. And I just want you to get this. Again, the first time they cross over, he's with them. In this scenario, he's up on the mountain watching them praying for them and eventually comes to them okay i want to make this connect that's how jesus leads his people us included today we don't see him physically he's up in heaven right now this is the doctrine of christ the eternal intercessor this is something we'll talk about more and more as you stick around house prayer you'll hear this a lot the bible says jesus is up in heaven right now watching our lives praying for us, and he comes to us to help us in times of need. That's how he currently operates. That's his current ministry. The uh, book of Hebrews says that Jesus always lives to make intercession for the saints. So let me say it a different way. You and I always have Jesus. He's aware of us. He's looking at us. He's not just watching with indifference. He sees our situation and he says, I'm praying for you that you come through this season with greater revelation of me, with a greater spirit of worship. I am for you. I am not just watching with indifference. I see you straining. I see the winds are against you. Just know I'm contending for you. I am right before my father. I have all power in heaven and earth and I am using that to intercede for you. I'm really with you. I'm behind you. I'm for you. I'm, I'm, I'm believing for your good. That is the ministry of Christ right now. In this picture, when they're crossing over, he's teaching his disciples, there's going to come a day, I won't be with you physically on the boat, but I'll be up on the mountain, so to speak. I'll be watching. I'll be praying. And when the timing is truly needed, I will step in and I will rebuke the storm. You have that guarantee. Now, there's many other religions out there. They don't guarantee a present intercessory man. They don't, they don't have any guarantee that, that the, you know, whatever they believe is involved. There could not be any further involvement. I mean, this is, this is an involved as you're going to get. So never, ever think for a second you're going through a situation where God does not notice. Not only does he notice... He's praying fervently for you to fully break through. He's really doing that. 
Now, if you'll remember, in the life of Peter, we get a lot of interesting detail from the life of Peter. Jesus said to Peter, you know, I want you to know, Peter, that Satan has asked for you to take you out, to sift you as wheat. And then he says next, Peter, but I just want you to know, I'm praying for you, that your faith would not fail. Jesus said that before Peter denied Christ. That's, that's what Jesus said to Peter. I mean, how intense. Peter, I know you're zealous. I know you think you'll never stumble, but I want to tell you something. Satan's asking for you. I mean, that's intense. That's really intense. But he goes, I got good news for you. I am infinitely more powerful than Satan, and I, God, am praying for you. You're going to be okay, Peter, and I want us to know in this place, God's praying for you. He's not just up in heaven going, you better work out because I shed my blood for you, and if it doesn't, I'm going to be angry. No, that's not the biblical Jesus. He is in heaven, and he is interested in our life. He shed his blood for us. He is all in. And he doesn't just leave it there. He says, not only do I die for them, not only do I shed my blood, I intercede for them so that they get through those storms and they love me more because of it. And I will carry them to the end with my prayers. And that's something that we have to know. When we have in the back of our mind a Jesus who's fighting for us, who's truly contending, who's truly praying There was a quote by a man of God who said, if I could hear Christ praying for me in the room next door, I wouldn't be afraid of 10,000 enemies. It is the truth. You have a friend next door named Jesus crying out to God for you. Though he is God, he's praying to his father, Lord, bring Andre through the storm. Lord, bring Thomas through the storm. Renee, you know, get on and on and on. He's asking for us. And when we, as his people, intercede for others, we're joining with him. When we come here every night and we pray for people, we're joining with the chief intercessor. We're not just trying to convince him to do something he doesn't even think about. No, we're going, okay, we see that you're praying for people. We're going to agree with you. And we're going to pray for our city. We're going to pray for families. We're going to pray for people who need a breakthrough. It's so critical. To understand he is God. He is praying for us. And he will not uh, let up on that. He is praying and he will always be praying. Now, I love having someone out there who when they send me a note and they say they're praying for me, I praise God. I need a thousand of those people. But I want you to know, whether someone's praying for you or not here on this earth, there is a man in heaven named Jesus. And his ministry did not end 2,000 years ago. It was just getting started. When he ascended to the Father, he stepped into a priestly role where him and his Father interact in a way that we can't fully comprehend, but he is asking things. He is praying things on your behalf. Not just the other guy, not just the famous pastor or someone, you know, out there. He's interceding on your behalf, on my behalf. He's, I mean, literally, Jesus is saying, Father, bless the Kistner family. They're trying to get prayer going. Help them. I mean, he's saying things like that. He's saying, Father, Andre loves you. Bless him. And many other things. So there's going to be storms, okay? I don't want us to be 
deceived. I don't want us to be tricked. The enemy wants to come in and say, oh, look, if only you were more spiritual, you wouldn't be in this storm. If only you were more mature, you wouldn't be in this trial. The enemy likes to weave his way into our situations and and trick us. Jesus says, no, I see that storm. I see the winds that have come against you. But I want you to know it doesn't take me by surprise. He says, I'm using it to show you that I'm God. And I want you to know I'm not just doing that. I'm praying for you. I want you to get through this more in love with me. I want you to come through this with greater faith where you could walk on water and do things you never thought you were capable of doing in the grace of God. And so those storms end up taking us to new levels. We would never have the story of Peter walking on water if they weren't in a storm. And I want to give you hope tonight, and, I, and not me personally, but the, the Spirit through me. When we go through dramatic difficulty, those are the times where the miracles really start to show up. And we thought we never thought we would be capable of doing certain things, and all of a sudden we're walking on water. There is so much more in the Christian life than we have ever conceived. Those young boys that were out at sea never would have known that it was possible to walk on water until they saw Jesus doing it. Now they know. There's going to be times in our life when those storms come, but those are the, those are the very times where we find out you're God. I don't know what you're going through necessarily. This may be a storm you're going through now. This may be a storm later in life. There's going to be times where you feel like, Jesus, do you even care? Are you even aware? It feels like you're asleep. It feels like you're not paying attention. It feels like you're somewhere distant. You're going to think these things because when we go through really hard times, that's when the deep questions come up. Where are you? Why is this happening? And he wants us to know. You might not be able to see me, but I assure you, I'm up on the heavenly mountain contending for your life. And what what I want to do is I want to, like we always do, I want to agree with our chief intercessor. I want to agree with this eternal intercessor, Jesus. I want to pray for one another. And if you're you know, on the live stream or you're here in the recording, I just want you to know, take a moment to pray knowing Jesus is praying for you. We want to get as much prayer for, for, we want to get as much prayer going as we can, but we're never alone. There's always some, and I just think of those words with that Jesus said to Peter, I mean, the weight of, hey, Peter, the enemy's trying to take you out, but I am praying for you. I mean, if you went to an altar call and you're like, okay, I just hope someone you know, prays for me and Jesus walks up. I mean, you're like, okay, this is getting answered. This is getting answered real good. That man is praying for you and praying for me. The more we realize that, the more we, we feel secure and the more we just want to pray for others. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you're taking us from one place to the next. You want, us, you want us to connect to you in a new way. And so I pray for that revelation to be unlocked tonight.
that you are trustworthy and that you are good and that though it seems like you are far away at times, you see, you are praying, and you are coming to us. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.